baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America, the start of a three-hour show tonight. Not a three-hour tour, but a three-hour show. That's what we get on Sunday nights. And if you want to call in, you can. And I wanted to start the first hour by going through where we are. And I tried to find some of the pieces of audio that talked about the specific actions that the Trump campaign will be taking from here on out. There was a press conference from Nevada earlier. We'll play that. Rudy Giuliani was on Fox News, and he laid out some of the different suits they're going to be filing this week. Roy Blunt was on ABC. Um, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham. There's just so much to cover right now. Michigan even has a couple of things to say about it. And I, I keep looking at what could be brought up in some of these states. Some of the evidence is stronger than others, and some you look at and say, uh, it, it would be better if you were to just present it now. But from all accounts, it looks like the presentation of these suits, the ones that they believe will be enough to overturn the states, will be presented Monday and Tuesday. And that's what Rudy Giuliani was mentioning. He laid out the case on Fox. Maybe I'll play that in a moment, too. I also wanted to point out I tried my best to go through a lot of the Internet memes, the ones that were out there, the different pictures that have been posted. Oh, here's the voter registration is this number, but here's the actual vote. How does that work? Well, the numbers actually were not true. And I, it, the weird thing was I tried my best to disprove and then prove at the same time. I wanted to see what I could really find on my own. Not every website was easy to read. I will say I spent a long time looking at Wisconsin. And the thing that interests me the most about Wisconsin is the high number of absentee ballots. Some of the counties, the heavily Democrat counties, had upwards of 66 percent absentee ballots were casted uh, of the total ballots. And I thought, wow, that's weird, right? That's a high number. And and, I take that back. No, that's 66 percent of the population in the counties voted. So uh, absentee. And I thought, wow, that is weird, because I'm guessing there's some people that uh, live in the county but don't vote or are registered and decide not to vote or they're just not registered or just whatever. And I thought, 66 percent, that's high. And I'm wondering to myself, I wonder what it's like across the state. So I started to go down this rabbit hole of trying to look at the numbers, and my eyes went cross-eyed. And I didn't find anything that 
was in the memes, the the different photographs that are posted on social media that would say, here's the total number of registered voters in Wisconsin, and here's the total number of votes, and look at that, it's over 100%. Tell me that's not funny business. Well, actually, the numbers aren't true. I mean, the, the ones that are being circulated just aren't the ones that are being posted on social media. But then again, see, I'm just trying to do my due diligence. The weird thing is, this is so weird, when you look at the website in Wisconsin that gives you the total number of registered voters, they gave updates all the way leading up to the election. And the last update was, I think, on November 1st, where the number was, here's the number of registered voters, right? But the weird thing is, when you go back and look at the Internet Archive of that website, that website didn't exist until November 1st, even though the numbers were reported, you know, well before November 1st, leading up to it. They were given all kinds of updates. And I thought, oh, that's weird, too. Why would they create a new website just for that? Is it possible that's a funny business? I just, no, probably not. But why would they do it like that? So that's the thing. You start looking into these things and you start seeing things that don't make sense. And at the same time, you think, oh, I just, I, I could sit here until my nose starts bleeding to make sense of this. Do I really want to do that right now? When you find that some of the lawsuits that are being brought up on behalf of the Trump administration, at least this week, it's going to have nothing to do with that. The, the things that they're actually looking at include not having access, or at least they're alleging they don't have access. And in the case of Nevada, they were saying that hundreds of thousands of ballots were not overseen, and then some were even put through a machine that is unreliable. And we saw the same thing with Michigan about unreliable machines. Could be computer error, could be person error, could be operator error. But if there's a lot of these different machines using the same software, is it possible that other ones also had the error? And what are we doing to secure and view those? I mean, it actually overturned a race and actually put votes in the other side of the column because of things like that. It's weird, right? Why would the software be written where things could get switched like that? That doesn't make sense either. There's so many things that just do not make sense. Over the weekend on Saturday, Joe Biden was announced by the major news networks that he would be the next president of the United States. That was breaking news on Saturday over and over and over again. Some people have accepted that. A lot of people have. Some people have not accepted that and said, let the process go forward. Some people close to the president are in the latter. They want that process to go forward. I think a lot of people, uh, Senator Roy Blunt even here in Missouri says, let that process go forward. I've heard different analogies. There was one analogy in Michigan, and I don't remember if I pulled the clip. Maybe I'll play it here. But essentially what the person said was, if this were a football analogy and it's a close call, you go to the instant replay. What's wrong in this case? It's a presidential election and it's a close call. What's wrong with going to the instant replay? That's kind of a nice way to look at it, I think. So I'm going to play for you the arguments of all kinds of different people. And what I want to do is ask you, is the argument good enough? Or do you think Donald Trump as president is done? One term president, that's it. And we'll take some of your calls on that next. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I, over the weekend, went to a birthday party on Saturday when the announcement was being made, at least the AP and all these other news organizations saying that it's official, Joe Biden won. Um, I was at a children's birthday party. We were cooking s'mores. And you don't want to know all the adults only wanted to talk about how terrible Donald Trump was and then the other ones wanted to talk about him. He was actually not that terrible. And the thing was, we were at a kid's birthday party cooking s'mores and they couldn't help themselves to start talking about the election. And I thought if there was one place 
where I would be able to get away from all of this and not have to worry about it for a few minutes, it would be a child's birthday party. (laughs) But it's not the case. So I'm going to lay out the argument, okay? And the argument will come from Ted Cruz. The argument will come from Rudy Giuliani, the former attorney general in Nevada. Uh, There's a lawyer up in Michigan. I'm going to try to make the argument in some of these places. Oh, and even in uh, Pennsylvania over the weekend, the Supreme Court stepping in and saying, hey, uh, make sure you leave... You leave uh, a trail so we can review this because it's important. So a lot of things going down this weekend. It doesn't mean Donald Trump is statistically out of it, but the statistics are so low, it doesn't look good for him. We'll take some of your calls, and I would like to hear from you next on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. All right, so what we're going to do is try to go over some of the different bits that were brought up this weekend that the Trump administration believes will help them overturn the election and the calling of it for Joe Biden. And, oh, man, I, I thought I was escaping everything that was the election. And here I am at a six-year-old birthday party over the weekend. You know, they're playing the baby shark and, you know, all the music in the background doing their fun thing. You know, the kids are having a good time running around, playing outside, doing their thing. Parents are cooking hot dogs for them over the fire, s'mores, things like that. And here we are, all the adults standing over the fire, cooking for our kids. And everything was good at first. We were like, okay, uh, so what, uh, what's your kids into lately? They're all the same age, around six years old. Oh, they're starting to play Pokemon on the Nintendo. And, uh, oh, we, we've been playing Mario. And in the background, it's just, you know, Baby Shark going and everyone having a good time. And then someone someone has to uh, go in there and just, what they do, drop the you-know-what in the punch bowl and start talking about the election. How could anyone vote for that? He's a narcissist, racist, and oh my goodness. And we're just there trying to cook s'mores. Over and over again. And none of the kids understand what's going on. And of course they shouldn't. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I just can't wait till the s'more is done. I don't want to talk politics. It's my weekend, man. It's my weekend. It's my weekend. So here is the evidence that Rudy Giuliani laid out. And this was the case that he says he's going to make. In the next couple of days, when it comes to lawsuits and the evidence forthcoming. So, I want you to listen to this. I want you to tell me if you think this is going to be enough to overturn states like Arizona, Pennsylvania, maybe Michigan, Wisconsin, places like that. So, I know. And this is Maria Bartiroma on Fox News. You've been working all weekend on this. The first question everybody wants to know is what is the evidence the president has alluded to in terms of ballot fraud? What can you tell us? Well, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of evidence. Let me see if I can summarize it by state. Some of it developed, ready to go into a lawsuit tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, so tomorrow, me and Monday. So even by this time tomorrow night, we could see the very first of the lawsuits and at least get a little bit better idea. We're going to have to try to get Brad Young on tomorrow. And if these lawsuits are made public where you can actually read them and see what the evidence is, in front of you, then you'll get a better idea if this is going to be satisfactory, if you think there's a chance. And something tells me that it's still a long shot. I mean, there would have to be some pretty extreme examples 
And maybe there is in Nevada. In fact, the former attorney general laid out some pretty compelling evidence, at least what he's seen. Um, here, let's let's continue. Tuesday and Wednesday. In, in uh, Philadelphia, where the fur- furthest ahead, we have about 60 or 70 witnesses in Pennsylvania, uh, in Philadelphia, and in Pittsburgh. In uh, Pittsburgh, we have observers who were for 24 hours kept out of the room or kept away from the room where they were counting the mail-in ballots, which, of course, are the highly suspicious ballots. During that period of time, at least 135,000 ballots were counted, none of which were observed by any Republican uh, observer, as the law requires. Okay, so this is going to be big in Pennsylvania. If they can prove there was no observers, there should have been observers, and the law requires their observers, and they were denied, as one of the parties were denied to go in to and observe, then that's a pretty big deal. Now, also what happened on Friday, Justice Alito said, hey, make sure you segregate the different ballots, the ones that came in after the deadline, the ones that didn't. We need to make sure we keep these so we can review them, right? He said, keep the process going, but make sure you do your uh, due diligence. So here's what ends up happening. Did they comply with it? I don't know. That's the good question. What if in Pennsylvania election officials did not comply with an order from the Supreme Court? Now, think about this, too. What if, in general, you take where the election results were at a point in time and keep it there? And if that's the case, then Donald Trump takes Pennsylvania. How do you do that? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. And this is where the Supreme Court could play a pretty major factor. Now, take the 20 electoral votes away from Joe Biden and add them to Donald Trump, if that's the case. That's a pretty big deal, because then all of a sudden Joe Biden is not over that 270 mark anymore, because that's what pushed him over. Okay, all right. So now you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, that's a win. What else is there? Let's say that, I mean, that's, uh, again, it's going to be a very difficult thing. He's got a chance at it, and that may be his best chance. If you're just trying to get the ball rolling, that would be the way to do it. And as is really necessary, given the fact that these ballots came in, came in late, they were being brought in by bundles, it looked very much like they were trying to make up the 700,000 difference that they had from election night. Then you go all the way across the street to Pittsburgh, And we have exactly the same situation happening. Republican observers being kept so far away that they had to try to use binoculars to see the ballots. They couldn't accomplish that. They um, count about 300,000 ballots that went through that process. And even though we went to court and we were allowed to move six feet closer, the Democrat uh, machine people moved the counting place six feet further away. This is documented on um, videotape. There are upwards of 50 witnesses. And this will be the subject of a lawsuit that we file tomorrow for violating uh, uh, civil rights, for conducting uh, an unfair election. All right, so there's an, some more evidence in Pennsylvania. All that is is I, I don't know exactly how a judge will look at that. And if you have people coming forward and saying this happened, let's say it's on videotape documented it happened, that doesn't look good. It doesn't look good if you're trying to be above board on the things that you're doing in Pennsylvania. So I can see why they would spend a lot of time on Pennsylvania and the reason why they would keep continuing on there, because that is the thing that would get things rolling. But the big question is, is the argument good enough to overturn the state, let alone overturn any of the other states with the evidence they're going to present? And I think that it's going to be a tough fight 
And I don't know for sure, but I'm not feeling confident in Donald Trump's chances right now. I really don't feel confident. It's unfortunate, but I just don't feel confident. Here's the thing I do want. I do want to see how this plays out. I don't want him to concede without seeing how this plays out. In fact, um, I don't think it's a bad idea, given what we're given the circumstances and the allegations, to at least see this play out. Uh, let's hope it does. For violating the law of the state, for treating Pittsburgh and Philadelphia different than the rest of the state, which is an equal protection violation, which goes under Bush v. Gore. I mean, this is something that just has to be addressed. There are, there are at least, and it's going to go up, Maria, I know it, because we haven't even analyzed Lackawanna, Lackawanna County yet. So we're at now 450,000 definite mail-in ballots that they separated from the envelope, threw the envelope away. We can never tell if they're valid or not. They could all been done by one person, oh. and we didn't get a chance to observe. It is, it is required that both sides observe. All right, so 400 and some thousand ballots. Let me put it this way. Where was Donald Trump before those 400 and some thousand ballots were added? He was well ahead in Pennsylvania. It wasn't until after the fact that came in. Imagine if the Supreme Court comes in and says, because of the way this was done, these cannot be treated as such. And I don't even know how they would be able to invalidate them at a point. But what they could look at is say, okay, if we're going to look at this to the letter of the law, you have to have counted them before a certain time. Anything after that time doesn't work. They messed up, right? It's not. Uh, it's unconstitutional the way that they tried to change the laws in Pennsylvania. All right, let's just say hypothetically that ball bounces and they get a lucky break during the Trump campaign. What else is going on? Over the last 60 years, there have been so many cases of voter fraud in Philadelphia. Joe Frazier voted in the 2018 election, five years after he was dead. Will Smith's grandfather voted twice after he died. So then then we're going to be looking at dead person's ballots, which may actually be very, very substantial. And then another one that might be just just as challenging, except we need a little more time. A lot of there was a lot of backdating, backdating of votes that came in after the deadline. And we have evidence now from not only the post office, but from others, that there was backdating. All right, so backdating meaning when a ballot came in, if it came in after the fact, they would fraudulently stamp it as an earlier date to make it appear as if it was stamped before the election or on election day. Backdating is a huge problem because essentially it's fraud. It's, it's fraudulent if you're trying to get a specific time and date when the thing was received or, in this case, when it was run through the machine and you, and you uh, mess with the machine so it puts a different day down. That's a big deal, and that's a big problem. How many other places may have used backdating? Now, that could be another Supreme Court deal. They may, have, uh, they may be able to raise their hands up and say, uh, you know, we just didn't get time to do it. We were overworked. The machine was busy. It actually was okay. It was here, but we just had to uh, we had to adjust it because of that. I don't think that's going to fly. In fact, I don't think it'll fly at all. I think it has to be when the actual ballot was put through the post machine. And if that's the case, will that invalidate a lot of different ballots? This is what we saw in Missouri, in Kansas City. Um, They did a report, a TV report. They decided, well, let's just kind of do this mail-in ballot thing. Let's see how it works out. And they found out through the mail system, it does sometimes take two weeks or a week at least to get these things through here. And even in Missouri, they warned, if you're going to be submitting an absentee ballot, 
make sure to get that in at least two weeks in advance. I'm sure there's people that put it through late, and I think they knew the risk of sending it in late. However, is it the job of the election board or the post office to try to offset that late ballot that's coming through? And the answer is no, it is absolutely not. If anything, it should be the DNC or whatever campaign arguing they should be included as opposed to the different election boards or the different processing places making that decision for it. So is it possible the Supreme Court comes in and looks at that and says this was done improperly and there's no way to tell, so how can we count these? Possibly. Okay, there's a possibility. Um, I, I just think there's so much of what could happen one last thing. Here's Rudy talking about what could happen next. Well, I think we have enough to change for uh, Pennsylvania. The, the Pennsylvania election was, was a, um, a disaster. I mean, I, I only gave you the highlights. I mean, we, we, have, um, we have people that observe people being pushed out of the polling place. We have people who were uh, suggested to vote uh, the other way and shown how to do it. Uh, I'm giving you the big picture where the numbers are such that you could reverse the, the call. That is the 450,000 that would not observe of mail ballots. And remember, the mail ballots were set from the beginning to be fraught with fraud. And instead of taking more care with them, they handled it like a star chamber proceeding. They, they literally counted these ballots in secret. And they counted these ballots in secret for only one reason. These ballots were always the ballots they were going to use to try to catch up if they were behind. And it is, a, it is not a coincidence that it happened in eight different Democrat states, which means it had to be an order from somewhere. So think about what happens here. Now imagine you have the different election boards saying, well, we can't segregate them now. It's too late. We already ripped them from the whatever, and we can't see the stamp or whatever it is. We didn't actually invalidate any. The big thing in the number I'm looking for is the number of invalid, thrown away, thrown to the side ballots in each state. If that number is close to 0%, then you know they were county ballots that shouldn't have been included. Now, let's say that they can't segregate them let's say they have to look at all of them, then what does that do? Then essentially the only thing you can do is go through every single absentee ballot in disputed states and scrutinize them heavily and try to figure out if there's anything that would have invalidated those. And what's that going to mean? It means that process is going to be drawn out probably to the new year. I'm not looking forward to that. So... Is there a chance that this could be overturned? I mean, it's a slim, slim chance at this point. Super slim chance. But if we're looking at a path on what could make it overturned, this is how I think it happens. But what do you think? Do you think there's an opportunity here or do you think it's over and you think Donald Trump should concede the election? What do you think? 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We're live tonight on Overnight America KMOX. And Overnight America continues. Yeah, I wanted to play some of this for you and just kind of lay the argument out. And I really don't know if this is going to be enough to overturn everything. I don't. I I do think that Joe Biden, in the end, will be the next president. I just see that this process, there has to be something extraordinary that happens. And I don't want to rule anything out, mostly because with this president and Donald Trump, crazier things have happened. (laughs) And so you never know what's going to be happening here.
But we laid the groundwork for Pennsylvania. I think that's where the Trump campaign is going to start based on what Rudy Giuliani was talking about, this lawsuit that's going to be filed on Monday, at least partial. Um, how about in Detroit? So, yeah, it's funny because there's some examples of dead people voting in Detroit. That's kind of the deal. Remember when Lagoyevich was asked about this just the last couple of days? They asked him what he thought about this election, given that he was in Illinois. And one of the places Rudy Giuliani points out is having issues with dead people voting in Chicago. They got that reputation for it. And they, what did they ask? They asked Blagojevich, former governor, um, do you believe there's any chance that there's funny business in these states when it comes to the election? And he said, is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> so the answer is yes, there is election fraud that goes on. I think the question is how much of it. So is it enough where you can invalidate 10 or 20 or 30,000 ballots? Are you going to? eliminate a 30 or 20,000 vote lead in a state by that. Well, when you're talking about the numbers of 400,000, maybe when you have that many ballots that could be questioned, particularly those ballots that lean heavily favored to the Democrats, sure, that's a possibility. Like in Michigan, for example, computer error. We saw that too, and that was something that actually overturned one of the local elections. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000 vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said, tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots, and these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. So if we were to look at Michigan and say, okay, there's one county, about 6,000 votes were flipped in the wrong direction. So is Michigan close enough? And the answer is not really. I mean, you're looking at about 150,000 vote discrepancy. So there have to be something really big there. Validation of illegal votes, something along those lines. Is it possible there's a computer error? Maybe, maybe. I think if anything, the only path you would have is if there was something going on with the actual ballots itself. Like in Nevada, we'll take Nevada, for example. And the former attorney general of Nevada, his name is uh, Adam Levant, I believe, and or Laxit, Adam Laxit. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. The text is so small on my screen. Laxalt? But here's what he laid out and what was going down in his state. We pointed out that this system that moved to mail-in balloting simply did not have enough checks in it. We pointed out that the voter rolls in Clark County had a lot of improper voters. And we pointed out that the signature verification process and these things were simply not going to protect the system. We were told that signature verification would save all chances of fraud. But what we've discovered is that we have over 600,000 votes that have been counted in the state of Nevada through the mail-in system. This campaign has not observed, has not laid our eyes on a ballot signature 
excuse me, an envelope signature and a voter roll signature on a single one of those 600,000 voters. And in particular, the Clark County Registrar. Let me just point this out. While everyone was groaning, there was one person that sounded genuinely excited. Thousand voters. <laughs> it's right at the end. Everyone's like, oh, 600,000. Ooh, not good. Oh, that's bad. And there was one at the very end. I just want to make a noise. All right. In particular, the Clark County Registrar went with a machine called the Agilis machine. And at least 200,000 votes were counted through the signature verification process of this machine only. I will repeat for the media, no human beings looked at those signature matches to confirm they were in fact matches. Now we have... We have... See, there's a couple more, uh, it sounds like excited boos. So there's like your regular boo. Now we have... Boo. And then you have your excited boos. We have... Which kind of sounds like when a dog's stuck outside and here's another dog howling and they decide to get in on it. We have uh, <laughs> artificial intelligence and computer photographic forensic experts that are absolutely positive that the fact that Joe Gloria, which was admitted in court, reduced the factory setting to 40%, that to, in order for that system to properly work would take months and months of testing with a large amount of experts, and that simply was not done. All right, so what they're laying out here is 600,000 ballots that did not have proper oversight from at least the Republican side, which they should have had at least oversight or a possibility to overview these things. Um, getting rid of these envelopes before you could do proper verification. And then even the ones that went through a machine, 200,000 or so, they're saying that the software was changed by the election board or whoever was uh, handling this thing to lower the threshold to trigger something that needed a review. So it just pushed everything through. Is that sound like something that could perhaps trigger a challenge? Well, yeah, I think that does. I think two states that Donald Trump has a chance at is Pennsylvania and Nevada. Now, what you're looking at after that is how does Arizona play out? Not looking good because Arizona still pretty far back. How does Georgia play out? Well, I think Donald Trump could do that after they do a manual recount and include all the ballots, including uh, overseas troops and things. And let's say during this, I got to say, uh, of the different states that have been pretty above board when it comes to talking about their processes, Georgia has been very above board. I feel like they've been on top of it. They've been really hand-holding everyone about what exactly they're doing. And they were even quick to point out in Georgia now that the process is going to go forward even further, that gives even more oversight, opportunities to look at all of the ballots that could be in question. So I think that they are actually welcoming this, and that's why you're not seeing as much of a challenge in states like Georgia. 314-436-7900. As, I still don't think this is enough, unfortunately. I still think there's 
if anything, there's a few things you can look at, I believe, with Donald Trump. You can say, all right, at least they picked up seats in the House, probably held the Senate. And if anything, they were able to expose some of the exploits when it comes to mail-in voting and the fraud involved. There needs to be a change in there, which, by the way, even though Donald Trump won the last election, he has been trying to get rid of voter fraud for the past four years. And how many times have different governors fought back? And look at what the mess we're in right now. Imagine if there was a better check system put into place so there was less of any sort of discrepancies and maybe even arguments of improprietary or improprietary, uh, improper ballots. Just imagine if that was that checks was put into place as he was trying to do years ago. Even when he won the election, he was calling voter fraud and wanting to fix this sort of thing. So it's not a new thing for Donald Trump to want to do this. We'll take some of your calls coming up if you're out there. Maybe you're not. It's Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. All right, I know that the phone lines are always quieter on Sunday, so if you just want to sit back, relax, that's fine. I just don't know if there's enough left in the tank for the uh, Trump administration to make the proper arguments. I do believe that in the end, it's just going to be tough unless there's something extraordinary that's presented. But I do believe Joe Biden will be the president. And yeah, it doesn't make me happy. um, But still, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Senator Roy Blunt, by the way, was on ABC. You know, where we are now, I I think, George, it's kind of like that movie Analyze This, where the key phrase was, it's a process. There's a process here that we need to go through I think both Vice President Biden and President Trump benefit from that process working its way totally through the process. You know, actually, uh, the media can project, but the media doesn't get to decide who the winner is. There's a canvassing process that needs to happen. I said on Friday, I thought it was time for the president to turn this discussion over to his lawyers, uh, time for the lawyers to make the case that they have, both in court and to the American people. Uh, and then we're going to have to deal with w- w- those facts as they're presented. Yeah. Hand it over to the lawyers. Um, a couple of text messages that came in. There's someone that they mentioned owns a software company that could talk about those computer glitches. Uh, he was a big contributor to Hillary Clinton. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Way to look into that. Uh, how does this work with your guest that predicted the outcome for all those years? Good question. I think I may have to look him up and see what he's saying right about now. Uh, let's go to Barbara, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Yes. Um, I think that every electoral state and every and Georgia should have a recount of every ballot and make sure that it's verified that these are correct votes, that the signatures are correct, that everything is correct on the ballots, and I think they should have people investigate this. Yeah, because Georgia will have a recount. That's not uh, a problem because the vote was so close, it automatically triggered. So that recount is happening there. It's just what they'll find is a question. Now, will they trigger a recount in some of these other states? Maybe. I mean, it just depends on how it plays out. I guess you could see an invalidation of so many of these different absentee ballots that it's not even necessary. It could just be overwhelming that Trump takes state. Well, I don't think that the president should give up. I think that it should be a fair and uh, right election, 
and the American people deserve that, that it should be, uh, you know, everything should be counted correctly. Do you think he's going to win? I think if, if, if it's counted correctly, he may win. Okay, Barbara, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. <laughs> if counted correctly, he will win. I think that is the hope for a lot of different people, that it is counted correctly. Uh, Jerome, uh, welcome to Overnight America. How are you? Just hand it to the lawyers. How many ex-husbands have heard that and it turned out poorly? <laughs> a divorce. It's kind of like that. People want to see Donald Trump divorced as president, I guess. it's That's a good analogy. <laughs> and it over yeah, to the uh, not always a good idea to hand the lawyers. I mean, obviously, lawyers have been brought up in litigation and et cetera, so that will be an issue. But uh, I hate to say it, he probably lost. Now, he probably should have went after the Mellon vote instead of poo-pooing it that, the way he did and all of us did. We should have said he needs to go after that because a lot of lazy people voted for Biden because he will provide them for funds for the next four years. Uh, I think the reason why the Trump campaign, this is what actually he said. He said that uh, you could vote by mail, but confirm or still show up to make sure your vote was counted. I guess you can do that. But the um, the, the idea was if there's going to be a challenge and a lot of these absentee ballots get discredited, he wanted his people to be there where it's verified at the polling place. Those will not get overturned. So I think I well, can I, see why the strategy is that way. He knew this would be somehow brought up in a court case, in a court battle. Oh, I knew we were not going to find out on November 3rd who president our president was going to be. I told people it was going to be a blank storm and that we all know what blank is. And uh, that, you know, <laughs> that we were going to know for probably a week or two. And it's almost been a week. And we don't know officially. I seen him having her little... Uh, festival Saturday night and disgusted me. Not so much the people himself. It their ignorance because they voted for this guy who hung out with Obama and did all the terrible things Obama did for eight years, which one of them, including, screwed up our health care system almost irreparably because our health care system screwed up enough. But then they said, well, we're going to make it free. It wasn't free. It's going to have to get paid for by somebody. And so people like myself were fined. I was fined like $700 because I couldn't afford health insurance. So they came with this great idea, make me pay for something I can't afford in the first place for That's other people terrible. because they don't want to pay for it themselves. Yeah, and you're, anyone that did have insurance realized very quickly, even if they were on an employer's insurance policy, that those rates were being jacked up. The The employer wasn't going to be the one to take over and try to take the burden off where you're making up the difference. They pass it on to the people, and they realize very quickly that it didn't matter if uh, you're going through the system or not. You're still going to have higher premiums. And some people were looking at ridiculous uh, premiums for a family, you know, $10,000 a year, just the privilege of having insurance. And that doesn't even mean that if something bad were to happen, you'd be covered. You'd still have to pay out of pocket. It was just, it was. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, and allegedly, you know, you keep yeah. your health care provider. And that turned out to be faulty as well because people like, you know, certain things work for you. Certain things don't. So people like that. And then. Yep. They did this, and it didn't work for them. 
Yep. All right. Thanks, Jerome. Good to hear from you. And you too, buddy. And that, you take uh, care. I will. And during the debates, keep in mind, Joe Biden said, no, we're going to have Biden care. So that should scare you, too. 314-436-7900. Is it going to be enough to overturn it? I don't think it will be. But maybe you're more optimistic. We'll take some more of your calls next on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.